New York hadn't even attempted to cool down in the three days that I'd been away. When my friend Erin had suggested we get away to her beach house for a long weekend, I almost threw myself out of her 18-storey office window to get there quicker. But three days beside the seaside only made it harder to be back in the sticky city. I'd only walked two blocks to the subway and my heel had slipped into the melting, sludgy tarmac between the paving slabs three times already. Ick. It almost made me long for a wet summer Saturday in Wimbledon. Almost. In this cloying heat, the only way I could cope was to wear as little clothing as possible whenever I had to be outside and spend as much time worshipping at the altar of the air conditioning unit as humanly possible. Today's survival ensemble was pretty much nothing more than a really long pale pink vest from American Apparel and a bangle. The bangle was to show I had actually put some thought into getting dressed and hadn't just wandered out in my underwear. Back in London, I would never, ever have left the house in something so skimpy, but it was just too hot to worry about bingo wings. When I left the house, I didn't feel as if I'd forgotten to get dressed. Right now, I was one toweling headband away from the crazy lady that liked to sit outside the 24-hour deli opposite my apartment in her dressing gown and bra. Once I was safely on the air-conditioned train, I flailed around elegant as ever, hanging from the pole in the centre of the carriage and swapped my shoes for the ever-present flip-flops in my Marc Jacobs satchel. I thought back to the precious moment when the bag had come into my life. I had treasured it more than anything else I'd ever owned. I never put it on the floor, always checked that pens had their lids on, lip glosses weren't leaking, and there was no way on God's green earth I'd have ever put a pair of dirty street shoes in it. Rummaging around for my left flip-flop, I wanted to shed a little tear for the unravelled stitching and the used subway cards, crumpled napkins and dozens of half-empty packs of chewing gum that now littered the lining. Classy. Changing from the 6 train onto the L at Union Square, I felt myself begin to smile. The same nervous flutter started to pick up in the pit of my stomach that always attacked me when I stepped onto the train towards Brooklyn. So, maybe there was an upside to being back in the city. Alex. Of course, I wouldn't have the L train flutters nearly as often if I would just move in with him, like he kept asking. According to my friends, it was ridiculous that I was keeping our relationship bi-coastal. I'd spent an awful lot of the weekend trying to explain to uber-Manhattanite Erin, who didn't even venture below 14th Street unless she positively had to, that Murray Hill to Williamsburg wasn't exactly bi-coastal. And besides, I just wasn't sure I was ready to take that step just yet. Yes, I loved Alex. Yes, I wanted to spend time with him. But did that mean I should shack up with him right away? No. After I'd shuffled off the train and hauled myself up the stairs to the street, I paused for a moment to let my eyes readjust to the sunlight. As always, Alex was propped up against the corner of Bedford and North 7th, bobbing his head to whatever was coming out of his iPod. His thick, black hair pushed back off his face, messed up at the back as though he'd just got up. Which, given that it was only one in the afternoon, I guessed he probably had. Sticky August weather or not, Alex's wardrobe never changed. Skinny black jeans clung to his legs, his t-shirt was tight to his chest, and he was sipping from a steaming cup of coffee. I shook my head. How could he drink anything hot on a day like this? Just looking at the cup made me break out in a sweat. Just looking at Alex made the flutter in my stomach graduate into a full body shiver. I ran my ring fingers under each eye, clearing any potential mascara smudges. Not even the most waterproof of mascaras could survive 95 degrees of New York City heat. I pulled my sunglasses out of my handbag before I started over. Hey. Alex dropped his coffee in the bin beside him and leaned his head down to mine for a kiss. 
How was Aaron's? Amazing, I replied, reaching back up for another slightly longer kiss that made me catch my breath. You should come with us next time. Provincetown is beautiful. I'm not really beach people, he said, catching my hand in his and pulling me down the street. And from the look of those shoulders, neither are you. Oh, I know. I shrugged the strap of my bag back onto the narrow strap of my dress, revealing my attractive lobster red skin. I should just stay inside until September. Hmm. Alex squeezed my hand. That's not going to play exactly into my plans, but I'm not entirely against the idea. There was that shiver again. And what plans are these? I asked as we walked up the block to Alex's apartment. His place was only five minutes from the subway, but in this heat, they were five minutes too many. So the band has been asked to play a festival, he said, forcing his hand into the skin-tight pocket of his jeans, feeling around for a key that wasn't there. Really? That's great. I dipped my hand into the tiny pocket inside my bag and produced my key to Alex's flat as we reached the door. He took it from me with a heart-stopping grin. It was sickening how much I fancied him. It was like I'd see him every day, and after a while I stopped seeing him. And then, out of nowhere, I'd just get a sidelong glance at him and the wind would be completely knocked out of me, as if I was seeing him for the first time.